Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where the discussion ranges from employee safety, environmental protection, policy creation, training methods, employee engagement, and everything in between. Your host is Dr. Mark French. As an industrial and organizational psychologist and certified safety professional, he's going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in EHS and how they impact our everyday workplace. Welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Thanks for joining me. Really happy to have you as we jump into this episode and uh, looking forward to talking through some of the current issues in EH&S. So we'll kick things off. One, I hope you are doing well. A lot of storms moving through hurricane hit shore, moved up through the central east U.S., up into the northeastern U.S., causing a lot of flooding, a lot of devastation. I hope you and yours are well. I hope if you've been affected that uh, you'll recover. Um, Hope you're safe. That's number one. Uh, You can always rebuild. Uh, That's something I've always tried to stay focused on the positive. There's a lot of things that once you still have you, uh, you can move forward. So I hope you are well. I hope things are okay. And really, my thoughts go out to everyone affected uh, because it's a huge, huge item when storms like that move and you never know. Uh, it, it, there's always, we try our best to predict it, but it's still very unpredictable in a lot of ways. And that's horrible for the safety profession because we don't like that unpredictability. Anyway, I uh, hope you're well. So we'll kick things off uh, looking at, again, COVID and still not a lot of movement from the legislative side. But what we are seeing and something I'm very interested in is that um, a lot of businesses to even enter them are requiring proof of vaccination. So you have to show your card and let them verify it. And then you can enter to show that you've been uh, vaccinated. Also on the other side of it, we're seeing some insurance premiums that if you are or are not vaccinated, your insurance may be affected. You may be paying more for your premiums potentially if you're unvaccinated for COVID-19. So some interesting incentives or disincentives of being unvaccinated, yeah, double negative, but it makes sense to go out and get the vaccine. So something interesting that is coming up in the workplace, though, is that if you are a client, if you are someone who goes to other people's places to do work, you're a service provider, a construction worker, something of that kind where you're coming to some, you represent a company, I'm coming to your place of business to do work and that place of business is requiring proof of vaccination and maybe the company you you represent is not forcing it but strongly strongly encouraging it but hasn't crossed that line yet 
And again, statistics move a lot. Uh, it was anywhere from 7% to 17% of companies that are requiring it or mandating it, a lot of it in healthcare and the food industry, which makes sense for the early part. A lot of people are uncomfortable with the mandate of forcing it because it's just unsure how that's going to play. Uh, just not sure how things will be treated. And so you don't, sometimes you don't want to be the first, you might want to be on the forefront, but you may not want to be the first. And so we're seeing that with some businesses, some skepticism, a lot of promotional activities, a lot of really encouraging it, educating on it. There's a lot of positive work, but without the mandate, but some businesses and organizations are mandating. So Something we, we I've had to really dig into is how much information can you gather? And one of the, the most straightforward answers is that you can be very binary, that you can ask people, are you vaccinated? Yes or no. And pretty much leave it at that. You don't want to start digging into anything further. Like, why didn't you? Tell me about your medical history. Because then you start crossing some of that line. So you have to be very careful and very binary of, Mark French, are you vaccinated? Yes or no? And there's your answer and move on. Now, in some cases, if there is, if you're mandating the vaccine, you are the company that's mandating it for your employees. Um, some other information has been that you can actually ask a little bit extra, like, is it medical reason? Is it religious reason? Is it other reason? Like a, almost a multiple choice, no more, no deeper than that, but is it medical, religious, other, and then you can have to walk through the whole ADA process of can we make a reasonable accommodation for your condition uh, or your religious accommodation, and what can we do with that mandate then with an accommodation? Can we accommodate? So there's, so if you're an employer mandating the vaccine, you're going to have a little bit more work ahead of you to look at that rather than straight up potential termination, which is interesting on its own. Um, just from the standpoint of trying to see how that's going to go. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of court cases. I think we're going to see some interesting things from the, the Department of Labor side. I know I've jumped outside the OSHA realm, but we are so tied to this one. This is one of those times that our HR partners are, uh, we're lockstep, arm in arm. Uh, we're doing this together trying to figure out our path because we are very much together in this one because it is crossing over from safety to HR. Of course, all of us in that department of labor realm. And so we've been looking at from the standpoint of the organization, how do we start gathering that information? And if you're a service provider, okay, so you have places that are mandating it. You have some places that are masking it. You have some places to have other restrictions depending on their local and, and some may have very minimal restrictions because you may be working in a very remote part of the building or even on the roof or doing some work aside where you're not mixing with the general population of their employees. So you're moving around and having to maybe not have the requirements. Um, keeping up with it has been amazingly difficult. Just because we, you don't know, it changes from day to day. Today, uh, you may have sent some team members to go work at a location. Everything's perfectly fine. The next day, it's, well, they got to have their card with them. Okay, well, I guess we're going to send them home to get that because we didn't know uh, until that one moment that it was suddenly necessary. And so you're having to look at, do you have a list 
of binary list, yes or no. Do you know who's vaccinated? Uh, so you know where to distribute your workforce if need be. Where can you shuffle them? How are you going to maneuver and schedule? It's interesting. And who's prepared? And then there's a lot of concern of the breakthrough cases. Those cases of people who are getting sick with COVID and the variants that have been vaccinated. And I think that has created some confusion and concern statistically of where can we, is it really worth it? Is it something I want to go out and get a vaccine that's maybe not going to work for me? And I've heard their side effects and I've heard all kinds of other things. And this is what we're in, in the safety world. And so we we have to really go with good education and just keeping it in the forefront of people's minds and thoughts and keeping it going and keep talking about it. And we're going to keep talking about it and keeping it in the forefront and keeping a lot of communication. I think that's key is that you just keep communicating. You keep talking about it and you let them know that the resources are available and that there's medical professionals out there that are willing to consult and talk about it and give good advice. And it's something worth at least listening to and to gain some traction. Anyway, we'll talk more, uh, something completely different. When we come back from this short break, this is the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. You've got a friend in the safety business. Who wants to help your team work safer? The safety dude. Who wants to help your leadership engage through safety? Again, the safety dude. Who is there to take your safety systems to the next level? That's right, the safety dude. Who has the knowledge and skill to drive safety ownership? You know it, the safety dude. So who is the safety dude? Dr. Mark French is an experienced and credentialized safety professional with a focus on the organizational psychology of your company. You can find a safety dude at TSD Amalgamated Safety Consulting, where he is ready to focus on your team's safety www.tsdamoglamated.com Welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Glad you stuck around with me through the break. Glad you're back. So I found a really interesting news story that took me down um, a little bit of memory lane, really, and not necessarily the, the exact information, but kind of the, the whole idea behind it and some of the difficulties we as safety professionals engage in. And so this is out of Washington state and this is the news tribune. And this was a gentleman who, uh, was trying to pass off a bar fight as a workplace accident and getting insurance benefits through workers comp. So the, the, uh, the person was in a bar fight, really hurt his hand he wrapped it up and then he went to work and basically said, oh yeah, I did something at work and my hand is really messed up. And he hadn't been there um, very long at all. Only like a few, like that was his, uh, just a few days on the job. And so he actually got some criminal penalties because they actually, as they started doing the investigation and they thought there was more with that they were able to get the phone, phone pictures, get pictures off of his phone he had actually wrapped up his hand the night after the bar fight and sent a text to someone with the words saying, yeah, I'm going to get uh, workers comp to pay for this. I've got a plan. Wow. 
I have a lot of sympathy for anyone who is hurt on the job. And as a safety professional, if you've had any time working in the work comp system or had any any of those situations where you've come into a situation where you're really trying to recover a system or a new system and you've had a lot of claims or just in an area that's very litigious, generally speaking, you've had some experience in the workers' compensation system. And with that comes the good and the bad. You see some people who deserve it, who need it, and you fight for the system to work for them, to get them what they deserve and what they need to take care of them. That's what the system is for. But you also see the other side. And you see things like this. You see those that want to use it for more than what it is there for or try to get extra from whatever they're entitled to under law. And so this story just really took me back to, you see a lot of, when I talk to other safety professionals and you talk about some of the burnout or or some of their watershed moments that make them reconsider what they're doing, it sometimes, and actually more times than not, I I don't know the exact statistic because this is qualitative data that I'm working with, but when I talk to them, it's if there's an overwhelming amount of very difficult workers' compensation claims, it's a very quick path to burnout. Because for one, as safety professionals, we want to be working ahead of an injury. We want to be preventing it. And once it's in the workers' compensation system, yeah, there's money to be saved at that point uh, because there's money losing, and which is a weird business principle that me preventing it is not financially sound because you don't know what you've prevented. But once somebody starts slapping reserves to an injury and you actually get those reserves reduced, there's a celebration for money saved because you spent some money. Yeah. I can't wrap my mind around that one either, (laughs) but you spend time managing these types of claims and it only takes a few really rough ones that, you know, are just like, come on that I, I don't see that. It's not making sense. Your story has changed 14 times. You fell asleep during the investigation and we were talking to you and you just fell asleep right in front of us. What's going on? This isn't right. Something is wrong. And you start to see really good safety professionals start to lose interest in their profession because they're dealing with the after effects rather than the beginning. And so they start to just it, apathy sets in that it just doesn't matter. Go ahead and go see a doctor, whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out in the end. We'll just hire a lawyer. And you see some very talented people, some very educated people start to lose their their light. And they have to move on, find something else. And I was at a point like that in my career where I was doing a lot of workers' comp. And I stood to the staff meeting. And I went there. And a great staff, by the way. This is people who understood. They got it. And I just had to present it in a way that they they saw it again because we all, man, we get busy doing other stuff and you got to be able to raise your hand and say, hey, let's talk about this real quick and let me simplify it. And I said, guys, I'm I'm good at whatever you put me in. I'll do whatever you need. But I said, you're losing a lot of time. You're losing a lot of money by having me just working on the after effects. Um, Now, what I was seeking for is someone to help me with just almost like a, a clerk duty or just doing a lot of the background work that workers' comp takes a lot of time and paper and a lot of tracking and a lot of follow-up, especially if you have multiple cases. It can get very complex very quickly. And I can spend all this time doing that or 
I can do what you pay me to do and I can work to get ahead of it and I can save you money without ever having to spend the money. I think that's your better choice. And ultimately we, we got some help and that was fantastic. I was happy about that. A lot of safety professionals are not that lucky. Uh, some companies, you, some safety person has nothing to do with work comp. Something happens, they turn it over to someone else and in the big organizations. And so it's all over the place, but I know that that's one of the, after reading that story just brought me back to like, yeah, that's, that's the first, like, you have too many of those types of cases and you just go, oh, what am I doing? Is this really what I want to do with my life? And because our focus, again, it's not that we don't like dealing with people. We're there to help people. I'm all about that. But what our focus is, is how do we prevent it from happening? That's where we, that's where we as safety people get fired up. How do we prevent it? And that's not preventing it. That's just kind of managing it. So. So this weekend is Labor Day weekend, and I do want to close out with just a few. This is kind of the end of year celebration for a lot of people as we enter into fall. So maybe some barbecuing, maybe some boating, or before you close the pool, that one last swim. So I do encourage you, be safe. Just like on a boat, wear your PPE. Please wear a life vest. Um, Have a designated driver, of course. Even a designated boat driver. And if you're going to be on a boat, don't get too crazy because um, rather than standing on dry land you, you can lie down in the grass and take a nap if you drink a little too much but if you fall in the, the water and all your friends around you don't follow around yeah it can be bad be careful about that have a good time though and of course with the barbecuing as you're barbecuing make sure any young kids or pets stay away from the, the hot areas that's a big concern I know my little pup loves when I'm grilling because he just can't wait for me to drop something because he knows I'm going to drop something because I always drop something, whether it's on purpose or not for him. But I try to drop it far away from the grill because I don't want him to get burned. And that's an easy way to get burned. So we want to take care of our, our pets and our kids as we're doing this. Stay safe. Have a great time. And until next time we chat, stay safe. Thanks for joining me on the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the conversation on the web at www.thesafetydude.org. All opinions expressed on the program are solely the view of the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.